people of Earth. Keep hope. Welcome to Gig House. The good, the bad, and the funny. The inside stories of being a freelance club date musician in the 80s and the 90s. I'm Willa. I'm Marla. And we are the, the Gig House. <laughs> okay, Marla, I think we should begin by explaining to our audience exactly what a club date is, because it may not be what they think. That's for sure. Okay. So it's not really about playing in a club, is it? No, because there are specific dates, obviously, that, you know, our whole business is about, like, showing up on a particular day at a particular time. And, right, but yeah, not, not, not in, in a clubs. club. Not in clubs. <laughs> in a catering hall, in a corporate building. Uh, Restaurants sometimes. Right, and these are private events. These are weddings, bar mitzvahs. Hotels. Okay. Yeah, that okay. whole that whole. So Spiel. actually, it has nothing to do with clubs at all. But still, they call it club dates. Oh, and even the union calls it a club date. Right? And to this day, they're still called club dates. That's right. And in California, they're called casuals. That's right. Yes. And I don't know why, because there's nothing casual about what we do. With That's this. for shit sure. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> today's episode is part one of The List. And would you explain The List for us, Marla? Well, The List, yeah. I, I save everything from my career, and I came across this list of the musician's requirements um, for doing um, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, uh, from down to what to wear. And And was this from a particular club date office? This was from a particular office, Stank Lane, it was called. Stank Lane, yeah. And uh, one of the musicians, and actually he was... He was in contact with me before he passed, and he uh, was surprised that I still had it. He didn't even have it. Wow. And I, I think I posted it on somewhere, and he was quite amused. And, and reading it now, it is quite amusing. And horrifying. Uh, it's very horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't you read off number one, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, the name of the list was called, as I said, Musician's Requirements. Yeah. Yeah, show business is so glamorous. <laughs> Girls must wear f- black formal or sequin dresses to the knee. To the knee. Or a full-length gown. Okay, let's take that. Let's de-dissect that one. First of all, my first objection is girls, right? Yeah, girls. Girls. Not If it was men, it would be men, but not women, girls. Second of all, the guys get to wear pants, right? Now... Audience, you know, just imagine Marla and I are both keyboard players, so we have a lot of equipment, right? We're schlepping a lot of equipment upstairs through elevators, and then we got to lean over a lot to set it up. We got to plug in wires and all that stuff. And if you're wearing a gown, A, you could trip over it, and B, you know, you got maybe your cleavage is showing so the guys could like check out your cleavage or maybe your butt and the gown when you're leaning over. It's just not conducive, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes they did cut us some slack, but you have to be in like a tuxedo. But I, you still want to also feel feminine. I mean, you didn't have to always wear a gown. I mean, no, and I, well, at this point, I, I this time, yeah. very rarely wear a gown. But I always said, this is what I always said, because audience, you have to understand that when Marla and I began, there were very few female musicians. Most of the women that were working in this line of work were lead singers. And there was a whole level of a misogyny around that. You had to be young. You had to be pretty. Big boobs were like, they wouldn't say it, but they kind of wanted that. 
So there were everybody only, wants that. Yeah, right. Everyone wants that. So really, I mean, there were like only a handful of us, at least where we work, which is the New York, you know, the tri-state area. But do you, do you remember a keyboard player named Paula Berard and something? No. Like? What okay. about her? No, she was. She started before we did. And, oh, really? Yeah, and, and she she worked with her husband. Wow. Because I thought we were in the vanguard. You know? Well, we were definitely in the beginning. I mean, I just want to add that. When I tried to break in in the very beginning, they actually put their hand up to my face and, no, we can't have women in the band because the bride will be jealous. The bride will be jealous, yes, of us, (laughs) yes. So I always said, if I'm playing keyboard, if I'm sitting somewhere with my legs spread, I am not wearing a dress. What about when they made you, sometimes they made you stand and play keyboard? Well, yeah. And that... And I, if you were wearing a dress, because mm. I've done this a lot. Did um, you trip over it with your heels? No, no, but I was in high heels. Right. And, and you know, if you're playing keyboard and you're pushing the sustain pedal, you're leaning on your left leg. and I'm quite aware. And you have, <laughs> as you are, but people out there. Yes. And you actually end up hurting, like, the foot that you're putting all your weight on. And I your mean, hip. Yeah, there's, you know, there's the a lot thing. of occupational hazards to this, this Absolutely. gig. Absolutely. And you, and you also had to wear dark clothing because I remember wanting to wear a I had like an orange blazer over like a sequin top and it was like oh no you can't do that oh, no, you can't even even brown is not okay it's got an audience it has to be black every club date musician half their wardrobe is black you should see my closet mine too mine too black clothes matter yeah <laughs> oh, God. okay don't hate us for that okay. it's just a joke it's just a joke okay uh, number two, must wear makeup, including mascara, lipstick, and eyeshadow. Eyeshadow. I know. Wow. Uh, eyeshadow. Like, like how, what color do we have to wear? What does like, it say? Before, before entering. Before entering. Yeah, place of could, employment. Well, that's like a thing because, like, you're wheeling your equipment and, you, and like, your, your makeup will start to, like, Run. melt off anyway. Yeah, right. Oh, wait, there's more. Uh, arrange hair. As if you are going out for a formal party. Wow. Now, I guarantee the men didn't have to worry about that thing, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Although, can we talk about the amount of guys who wore toupees? <laughs> well, you got to do what you got to do. I suppose. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're sweating. It's summer. You're going through the, the garbage-ridden back alley of the place, whatever it is, right? And you're schlepping... How many pounds of gear you think we have on our on our hand trucks there? Well, in the beginning, it was a lot because remember how heavy keyboards used to be. Oh God, my first one was ninety pounds. Yeah, I couldn't lift the, the Fender Rhodes. I think we talked about this in another episode. I mean, yeah. only if you were in a band could you actually play Fender Rhodes. Even a guy, yeah, couldn't really yeah. lift that himself. Some of them had the 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 B threes, the Hammond B threes, the organs. They have to. They, they weighed hundreds of pounds. It's insane. I know. <laughs> I remember that, the, you know, if your air conditioning went out in your car on the way to the gig, you were really screwed because then, you know. Then you come and stink, too. <laughs> well, that, too. But I remember having it happened to me once, and I had the windows open, and so my hair was, like, completely screwed when I got there, too. <laughs> you know, I once did a DJ gig in Macy's in Roosevelt Field, and, and the woman that, like, was, like, in charge, it was through some other office. She was such a bitch. I mean, like, I'm wearing, like, a, a designer top, but it's sleeveless, and mm-hmm. I'm setting up. I just wheeled my equipment from like the men's department all the way to like the top floor of the women's whatever you know and like I'm sitting down to put my shoes on and she's like you know I get a bad report that I was wearing something sleeveless it's like 
what am I supposed to wear, my jacket and sweat? And I mean, the gig hadn't started yet. Oh, and that's a whole other subset, because when you're doing the, uh, the religious Jewish stuff, you have to keep your shoulders covered if you're a woman. Sometimes your whole head, right? I mean, didn't somebody have to hide behind a curtain oh, doing uh, a gig? Elisa, yeah. Elisa. That's a famous, all right, we'll tell this story. Yeah. So if you're playing a really super religious party, they won't even let women be in the band. And certainly they won't let you sing because, again, it tempts the men to lustful thoughts, to carnal thoughts. The sound of a sweet female voice. Yes, it tempts the men so you can't sing we're not talking about songs like hot stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah we oh anything it's anything, <laughs> anything. But definitely hot stuff <laughs> so well there's a woman who's a very great bass player and uh she works a lot for the jewish offices and she was on a gig but i guess the one of the rabbis at the gig went nuts to see a woman on the band just on the bandstand period so he came running up to the bandstand, flipping out. So they put a screen around her on the bandstand, and she had to sit behind the screen. And the whole rest of the night, the band leader would be leaning around the screen, satisfaction, you know, like whatever it was. She had to play. That's, that's pretty behind. funny. She's yeah. behind the screen, but yeah. the guy needs his satisfaction. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Ironic. I know. I know. Arrange hair. Range hair, yeah. yeah. So, mm. I mean, this is this list is from many decades ago. Obviously, we're talking about yeah. The this 80s has and to be 90s. the eighties, yeah, right. The eighties, okay. yeah. Okay, um, what's number three? You want to read number three? Well, number three and number two are about. All this right. is like a big part of what we used to do about calling in for your schedule. You, yeah. you, you know, like imagine you're a musician. You finish the weekend. And it's like your whole week is ahead of you, and you don't even know like what you're doing next weekend. You have to call in. At, on Tuesdays between 11 and 4 and get the list of the jobs of, of what you're doing. Right, because back then, this is actually before there were DJs. So if a, somebody had a party and they wanted music, they could only hire live musicians. So all these offices made crap tons of money because they'd have... You know the whole landscape of all the, all the right. Clubs. It was I mean, only DJs then. existed, but not for weddings. You know, and like not for private. They were in clubs. Yeah. Um, right, right. You know. So, so they had all these musicians, and they all knew the same repertoire. And so, you just knew that you were working on the weekend, and you would have to wait for them to tell you on Tuesday where and when and with who. Right, which is crazy when you think of it now. So your life was not your own. We kind of like indentured servants, right? Right, you just don't know, and and to reiterate, like in those days, you worked like five jobs. You could work Friday night, all day Saturday, all yeah, day Sunday, right. like an animal every right? time. Yeah, which every was time. it's great to be working, but like, mm. and then you would call on Thursday to actually get your directions and yes. the names of the places and the times because there were no cell phones, no and, cell phones, no no GPS. Right, it was a whole other world. You had to sit there and write them down, and you were instructed on this list to write them down on a they actually told you the size oh, yeah. of the index right. card. That's right. <laughs> a four by six inch index card and save them for future use. Yes. Oh, so if you played at the same catering hall again, the agent wouldn't have to waste his time giving you the directions again, right? Right, right. Okay. So, so this is classic because although they said use the index cards, usually I was writing them down on the back of an envelope. Right. Right. And throwing them away. And then you're driving in the car in the dark. And you have this envelope where you wrote down the side and then you turn it around and there's a little arrow at the bottom, you know. That, and But you're driving in the dark and so you turn on the light in the car while you're driving in the traffic. And then I remember once 
And this is before ATMs, too. I was driving through Manhattan to get to a gig in Jersey, and I realized that I don't have any cash with me to get over the bridge, to get over the George Washington Bridge. I'm in Harlem, right? And I had to find it. I had to find a bank, and I had to find because there was no Easy Pass then. No Easy Pass, and I had to find a bank before three p.m. because then the bank would close, and it was Friday night, right? <laughs> so I'm just I'm driving around Harlem, you looking know, for a bank, looking for a bank before three o'clock, and you know, it, it slowed me down terrifically too. It was so stressful. Oh God, yeah, things are so much easier now. We have GPS, we have Easy Pass, we have cell phones, you know. Yeah, yeah, it just it's... wasn't like that at all. We have AAA. Right. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this story about directions. So one of the guys we work for that we still work for, who's a, a sweetheart, but he's, he's got a thick accent. So it was, it was outside of Philly, this gig. And, uh, and he said, the directions he gave us was, he said, go over the Mort Whitman Bridge. Mort, <laughs> Mort Whitman Bridge. And then the name of the place is 12 Scissors. Right? So... We couldn't find a Mort Whitman Bridge, but we figured out it must be the Walt Whitman Bridge, right? <laughs> Got, you know, so we go over the Walt Whitman Bridge. And then he didn't really give us, like, you know, make a ride on this street or that. He goes, just go past the toll booth for a mile and it'll, you know. So we get to the toll booth and we say to the guy, do you happen to know where the 12 scissors is? He goes, you mean 12 Caesars? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that must be it, you know. <laughs> so sometimes you really just, I mean, there were other times when, like, I know Larry forgot the directions one time, and you just sort of had a, it was magic. You, you just had to had figure it out. Somehow. Well, you know, yeah. even when you're using GPS, sometimes it can be, I mean, I just want to add this. This is a more recent GPS story. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, I was going to Jersey to Red Bank for a gig. <laughs> and um, Wait, she put air quotes. Why did you put air quotes about it? Um, anyway, <laughs> um, and it kept telling us to go to this highway, the Magenta Parkway. <laughs> and like, I was, you know, I was like, what? Like, I never heard of this. I'm looking yeah. it up on Google, you know, right. and, and it, it was telling us to merge onto Parkway. <laughs> oh, Magenta Parkway was merged onto Parkway. Yeah, oh, but yeah, it kept good. saying Magenta Parkway. Right. And oh, so, that's good. You know, yeah, yeah, so even technology fails you sometimes. Yes, even I technology. I, I just know. thought I'd throw that in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's getting directions. And I'll, I'll tell you another story that was so great. So uh, we, this one particular, and I think it was uh, Flankstein. Flankstein, yes. Flankstein. So the Flankstein Orchestra. Uh, <laughs> we were doing a demo, you know, uh, Oh, God, that's a whole other thing, but we'll get into that. <laughs> but doing a demo, all these guys that only do weddings are there. And, uh, you know, it, it's like at least $100 an hour back then. The right? studio. Yeah, the yes. studio. And um, We didn't have home studios then. No, you couldn't. And they all, like, stopped the, the session dead because they all had to call in and get their directions, right? <laughs> and they all acted like they were, like, I don't know. Movie Steve Gadd. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like the, the greatest musicians. They were, oh, like I have gigs, you know. And Okay, I'm going to go to the Temple Bethel in Woodmere, you know, okay. And then Tuesday I'm at Temple Miserable. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's a whole other That's a thing. whole other thing. Okay. All right, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, they do have like a paragraph of what men had to do, so I... Oh, they do? They, that they oh, must, yeah, it's coming They here. must shave, so I oh. think that was nice, you know. At least they had to shave. We oh, that is to the next that, one. Unless we were wearing sleeveless gowns, I guess. 
Right. Well, that's here. Men must wear black tuxedo, black bow tie, white wingtip shirt, no ruffles. Because ruffles have bridges. <laughs> right. And you don't want to look like Ricky Ricardo. Black, what? Black socks and socks. Shine, shine shoes. Oh, wow. Bow tie and jacket must be worn when entering and leaving the premises. And you know, there are some people that never like took their tuxedo to the dry cleaner. Oh, God. And you could stanky. smell them coming. <laughs> so stanky. Yes. Someone comes to mind immediately. Hair must be yes. neatly groomed. No messy, no long messy no hair. No long messy hair. Even though the Beatles were very big. Must be clean shaven. Well, my band never would have been able to work in that office because almost everyone had a beard in the 80s. Well, that's why. Worked out better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the the next one is pretty interesting. Okay. Because there's oh a yeah, lot this of, is good. This a is lot good. of trauma involved in the next one. <laughs> you must be present no later than one half hour before your start time. And how many people you know are walking in at five two or five after? Which number are you looking at? Um, oh, oh number six. Yeah, right. You yeah. must be present. Right. And oh yeah. The, one of the most important things about what we do, you know, you're doing somebody's wedding. You're doing. It's the most important day at that moment to, in their life, and you cannot be late. That's like half, not half. It's like ninety percent is showing up on time. Like, if you miss somebody's ceremony and there's like no music and they're walking down the aisle, it's a dead silence. So forget it. You know. Uh, okay, now th there's a bunch of stories around that, around getting to the gig on time. Yeah. Because it is an art and a science. It's an art and a science. Because, you know. After you've done these gigs for decades like we have, you kind of have a sense of where the places are. A lot of times you've played them before. and you How long it takes to get there. And you know the outside. And now, of course, the GPS will tell you your you know, approximate. Right. They even right. tell you traffic now. But, like, there right. was no, no. no such thing then. Yes, there was no. You could drive right into an accident and be stuck. And there was always traffic even then. <laughs> yeah, right. We Can we quote Jerry Seinfeld? This is New York. Everyone's going everywhere all the time. But I remember one particular time. and but No one ever beats the Van Wick. That's oh, that's it. That's I know. I know. We'll so go great. there. So great. Um, one particular time. And there's a particular uh, window around the holiday gigs because the traffic is just so intense to try and get from anywhere into Manhattan. Right. Yeah, or even around the block takes uh, 40 minutes in uh, Manhattan Christmas. I had one of those. I had one of those. I, I'll get to that. So, my drummer and I, Pat, we were going to take the mid the uh, the Fifty Ninth Street Bridge because it's another unwritten rule amongst club date musicians: don't pay the toll if you don't have to. Right? <laughs> we were always trying to figure out the way to get to the gig without having to go the over Midtown a, Tunnel. Yeah, yeah, without the tunnel, without having to go over a bridge where you have to pay the toll. So, so we we thought we had left ourselves plenty of time, but we are sitting on the entrance to the entrance of the lower roadway of the 59th Street Bridge. Oh, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's this big uh, display, you know, like not, it's a billboard, but it's also a display and it's got a clock, right? It's got an analog clock and the, the second hands are ticking, right? Right. And, and the wheels are turning. And we're sitting there and stopped at traffic watching the minutes tick by right and we had a play at the harvard club i believe which is like 55th street maybe madison avenue right not far in no but, but you got to get over the bridge absolutely and we're not moving and we're not moving and we're just watching the time ticking by and you know like and there's this terrible stressful feeling one has when you know like you're going to be late and like the mind game that you're doing in your head well i'm not late yet 
I'm not late yet. I'm not late yet. But you're doing the calculations. Okay, if I get over the bridge by this time, and then it's like each block is going to take me that much time. And then when I get there, I got to load my gear in, and then I got to park the car. But I'm not late yet. <laughs> but we got to that point, and we looked at each other, and we said, We're late. We're late. <laughs> right. So it's a seven-piece job, right? We get there. We finally get there. And he's the drummer, and I'm the keyboard player who's playing bass. We get there. For the seven-piece drive, there's only the band leader, Sai, who's playing his clarinet, and Lou, the conga player, right? Those are the only people that are there. And it's like already 15 minutes into the gig, right? That's all. That, and he looks at us like wanting to kill us. It's a terrible, terrible, stressful thing. I mean, you leave all this time for yourself. And in the end, you're late anyway. I know. I once... I had a double, I remember, and it was in Long Island. I had a lead job at night, and I was so exhausted. I said, I'll just lay down for a minute. Oh, no. Yeah, I fell asleep, (gasps) and I fell asleep. It was like the job started at 9. It was 8.30. I can't believe how fast I actually got there. I got there in like half hour or 40 minutes. I Uh mean, where was it? Oh, I don't remember where in Jersey. but I was in Jersey. But I got there. and And like, yeah, Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, the deep, dark... (laughs) Depths of Jersey, uh, and you. Uh, I get there, and I end up starting. It was only fifteen minutes late, but I was the leader, and like yeah. they obviously see, and of course you have to give some money back, you right. know. But it yeah. was like, you know, now I don't. I never take a nap unless <laughs> unless I have like my clock on my iPhone turned uh, on, you know, my alarm, because it can happen. <laughs> I have a. I gotta tell that story, okay, and I'm gonna try and be as discreet as possible. So, so I had this job for the nobleman. You ever work for the nobleman? Oh, no. Okay. And this is the thing about being the keyboard player. Often we start a couple of hours before the rest of the band. I think I did tell a story about that last week. Yeah. Because we have to play the ceremony of the cocktail hour first. And set up in three places. That's right. So I say to the band leader, um, are you sure it's only four hours because it's a wedding at a temple in Woodmere? You know, you're sure? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm like, really? You're sure? Yeah, I'm sure. So the morning of the gig, I think... Supposedly, I started at 2. So I'm in bed with my husband. It's 10.30. And we are engaging in some activity, (laughs) right? We're engaging some activity. And the phone rings. And he's like, don't answer it. And I'm like, no, I got to answer it. I pick up the phone. It's the guy. I I forgot and I was wrong. And excuse me, but I had some oral surgery. So I wasn't really thinking about it. But actually, you do start at noon, not 2. So I had to leave my husband very unhappy. (laughs) I was out of the house in 12 minutes. 12 minutes. I jumped out of bed. (laughs) I threw on some makeup, and I was out of the door. And I did make it. I think I got there. I think I got there at like 5 minutes, 10 minutes to 12. The things we do. Just two weeks ago, I got called at 12.30 to start at 1.30 on the same day. Right. Luckily, it was in the same borough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's different. You know, I I kept asking and asking. Right. Well, uh, the good thing is it wasn't your fault if you were late, you know. That's true. It's worse if it's your fault. So number seven is... Yeah. Don't talk to the guests. Oh, God, I Hosts, (laughs) etc. Don't touch the food. (laughs) (laughs) We're... We're like lepers. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's like one hand, once you're right on stage, you're like, you know, you're looked up to, you're on the stage, all oh, the musicians, you right. know, but really it's like 
you have to like kind of disappear when you're on a break. It's like, no, you can't sit on that couch near the fireplace. You have to go hide in that closet over there. Right. What is it? Oh, don't touch the food. Don't touch the food. And, don't and, talk to the guests. And the ancillary. Don't hang out at the bar. Soda is okay. <laughs> well, you know, I could burp during, you know, yeah. like... No alcoholic beverages, which nobody paid attention to that rule. Yeah, until they, they outlawed having them in certain places, you know. Right. Oh, you're in the band? No, no, no. You can only have a soda. Yeah, <laughs> right. So my favorite story about that is don't touch the food. You know, and... I just want to go into smorgasbord humiliations. Uh, Because it's another thing specifically about being the keyboard player. It's a a certain kind of a torture. Working the longest, first of all. You know, six hours, six and and a half hours. Yeah, and then so... Setting up an hour before, breaking down an hour after, driving an hour before an hour... So that's like nine hours if they don't feed you. That's right? Right. right. That's right. And the other torture, which is you're hungry, right? And all the other guys in the band have come in after you. They've set up in the other room, the main room, where the gig is going to actually happen. And now they waltz into the cocktail hour, and they're they're grazing at, at the smorgasbord, right? <laughs> they're grazing, and I'm sitting there and playing and watching them graze, you know. And smelling the food. Looking at the food. I scope. Do you have a strategy for what you're going to eat on the two minute break you might be able to get? Uh, no. <laughs> I have a strategy. I find the sushi table. Well, that's my favorite. There you go. Because, <laughs> A, you don't need silverware. Right? But I don't think they had sushi in those days, though. I think they did. They always did. Yeah. yeah. In the 80s, in the beginning, it came, and now they always you might have be it. Right. Yeah. You might be right about yeah, I don't that. Remember but sushi's that. good. It's self contained. You can eat it with chopsticks or even your fingers if you have to. Right. But anyway, but I was, there's always a big line at the sushi table. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got to plan your break strategically, you know, for when there's no. I used to do that. I used to watch the smorgasbords table. Okay, the line is down. I'll take a break now. <laughs> yeah, the I did the yeah. pasta table. There was no one at the pasta table. I would run over there. That's but what, uh, that's what you got to do? I'm at this catering hall in in bumfuck New Jersey. Pardon me, Jerseyites. We love you, Jersey. Not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> has a highway system where the the sign for the turn comes after the turn. <laughs> Chris Christie. <laughs> Chris Crispy. <laughs> anyway, so one respite can be if you can't get away from the keyboard because some agents don't want you to take a break at all at the cocktail hour. They come by with pass-around trays. So you can maybe grab something off the pass-around tray like you're playing with one hand and you grab... The- they're tiny. That's pieces. if the waiters actually acknowledge that, you know, you're you deserving live. of one. Or because sometimes live. they it's like, excuse me. <laughs> so true. They don't want to touch. Yeah, but some are very nice. Some it depends. are a lot of nice. Anyway, this guy's coming by with a, a tray of mini thingies, right? There's a mini quiche is one of them. So I, I motion to him. He comes to me. I grab the mini quiche. I take a bite. The caterer comes over <gasps> and he goes, put that back. And I'm like... <laughs> Really? <laughs> goes, put that back. I said, okay, you know, and I put the half-eaten quiche back. But oh, really, how ridiculous! I know. I think it's true. I think people have this vision of us as like we're treated well because we're musicians, you know. But really, as as far as 
lower than the, the wait staff because they feed them in the beginning of their shift. And That's they, right. And they know them. And who are we? We're outsiders. We're, we're interlopers. <laughs> right. Interlopers. We're other. <laughs> and, and then, you know, they try to, like, actually uh, make the, the bride and groom, like, they have an offer. Oh, you know, we could feed, uh, feed the band. It's only $50 or it's the same as what you're... Tr- and, and then like, they don't yeah. feed us. Or they're not going to do that. Or if they, And then they charge you full price and then they give you club date sandwiches. Club date sandwiches. What, what is your description of the club date sandwich? We might have gone over this, but... Well, it bears repeating, you know. It's like stale bread, you know, yes. two different kinds of bread, you know. Oh, yeah. Horrible roast beef and uh, potato chips, Yes. Right? Yeah, we did. Soggy potato chips. Soggy potato chips. Yeah, yeah. And they always feed you last so that you You, you have, have no time, time to, eat. to eat it. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> um, okay. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. So here's the next one. Cooperate with the band leader and smile for the guests. Mm-hmm. Always smile on the bandstand and dance. When on stage, create excitement. Ooh, excitement. Look lively and make <laughs> the people feel like you're having a good time, no matter how <laughs> bad you may feel. <laughs> and that's a particular thing about doing this work you know, if you work in an office and you have a bad day or something bad happens to you, you can Can call you imagine working in an office and smiling and dancing at your <laughs> desk? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, if you have a personal crisis or something, you know, or just you're having a bad day, you could always call in sick, right? But you really can't call in sick to this because what we do is although people have much made fun of and maligned the wedding singer and wedding musicians, what we do is highly, highly specialized. And it's very difficult to get a replacement. And and there are no sick days because you don't get paid if you don't show up. So the, right. uh, you know, you have a special... Uh, incentive. W- incentive to want to be there. I have a, a little story. Oh, it's goody. just about... Um, a bass player who I love very much. Mm. Who shall remain nameless? Uh, no, I really love him. <laughs> P.S. are his, uh, his initials. And he once had a, I don't know what, what he had. He had Lyme disease or something where he had to have an intravenous something uh, going on. Uh, yeah. And he went to the gig. <laughs> he showed up. He wasn't feeling that great. <laughs> and he's standing on stage with the IV bottle <laughs> attached to his arm. Oh and and then... Uh, you know, but he he wanted to do the gig, and he, he actually did a great job. You know, but <laughs> oh, I got one. Oh, God. We put him in the back, of course. Oh yeah. So, you know, I also had uh, a rock band that played in the clubs, but uh, and I'm, I know we're talking about wedding gigs, but I have to include sure. this one. <clears throat> so we had a gig at a club. It's a quartet, and uh, and the bass player called, uh, and he said, "I really." I can't make the... And it was like three hours before the gig, right? And I mean, this is even more specialized, even harder to find a sub. Oh, it's yeah. a set band and it's just rock material, you know. I really can't come. I have this stomach problem and I, I, and I can't make it. And my brother's like, oh, come on, you know, it's rock and roll. And if oh you don't God. do it... I think I know where this is going. Yeah, if you, you don't do it, <laughs> we can't do the gig. So he went. And it was... He came. And it was, you know, it was one of those gigs where there's like three people at the bar and five people in the audience, you know, because <laughs> it was like not a club we usually played at. So halfway through the gig, it hits him, right? <laughs> and he must excuse himself and run to the men's room, which is pretty close to the stage, right? 
So I took over bass on the left hand, <laughs> and I'm playing, and from the men's room is coming. Oh. You could hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's groaning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Well, at least he didn't, like, let it go on stage. Uh, well, it could have been worse. No, I know, but it was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh, yes, we have to show up. I got sick pay. One time I was doing a piano bar at a place called Top of the Sixes. Oh, I remember that. I was there for 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't believe it. One time I took off and I said, you know, you paid me an extra. Oh, we gave you sick pay. Or a, uh, one was vacation pay. Oh, and I was like amazed. I mean, I actually had a locker in this place. Right. I like, I, wow. You know, that's how steady a gig amazing. it was, and it was very, very rare for a piano player. You know, so sure, wow. But um, yeah. But you know, we have to show up. Otherwise oh yeah, we don't, I we mean, don't get paid. You know, I, I think we've both been on gigs when one of the musicians is just playing and sobbing right while <laughs> they're playing because like their girlfriend left them or whatever. You know. Oh, I had to play when my cat died, and, yeah. and the host was like, her cat died? <laughs> that fucking bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Brooklyn. It was yeah. a Brooklyn law yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, I think I broke up with somebody, and I was just like, you know, this side of suicidal, you know, and <laughs> playing some song like My Heart Will Go On or something <laughs> like that, you know, some love song, and... I just remember, like, all I could think was, let the set end, let the set end, let the set end. And as soon as the set ended, I ran into the ladies' room, I was sobbing, and, you know, and then I had to fix my makeup, you know. And the lead singer came in, and she was like, what's happening? You know, but the, this, you can't, you right. can't knock show, out of the gig. Show business, show must go on. Yeah, I know. All right, bring your own microphone, wire, stand, and song list to the job, memorize the lyrics. It's so hard to read this thing because it was... Well, I'll read it. Music yeah. stands and cheat sheets are not permitted. Yeah, right. can you imagine that right. today? Yeah. People have their phones and their iPads, me included, you know, because yeah. we have these great apps now. But let me just add something about that. Please. Um, there were like magazines. There was one in particular that I subscribed to was Song Hits Magazine and they had like printed out lyrics of all, I mean some songs didn't make it but it was like a thing and I would cut them out, paste them onto index cards. I wow. mean it was like a thing. Yeah, you know? right. And like uh, the fact that, I mean for a while we were just googling the lyrics and then just making a PDF but now there are apps that just find it for you. I mean I've that that new app that I use, oh, yeah. Songbook Pro. They should give me like some money for saying this. But we should make them a sponsor. We should make them a sponsor yeah. because uh, instantly call up like the chords and the lyrics. Sometimes they're not always right. You know, it's sort of like the real book. Um, okay, they're not paying us yet. We shouldn't go into. Okay, <laughs> tune in next week <laughs> when we're getting paid for yeah. this. Hopefully, um, yeah. In those days, we all had a giant, super heavy uh, satchel. Full of, of, of written music. out charts. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd have them spread out over the music stand. In addition to what else you had to bring. Right. That. Yeah. yeah. It was nuts how many charts. I mean, the and iPad then, is such a boon. And then finding it and like, oh, no, it's in that book. And then turning the pages. And, right. Right. I mean. It's true. You know, technology always drives reality, right? I yes. mean, I think, I think these jobs in general are so much more fast paced than they used to be. 
just for that, the fact that we have iPads and we can get to the next song, get to the next song, get to whatever it is. But yet at that in those days, it was like looked down on by reading the lyrics because, I mean, I don't know, maybe there weren't as many songs that we had to like constantly learn. There were a couple of new ones every week that came right. out and right. you learn them and everybody learned them. But now right. there could be. I mean, with the advent of DJs, that people can have anything Whatever they, they want, want at any time. It's and so then true. bands have to kind of like try and keep pace with that. Because sometimes you'll learn now like 10 songs for each job. I have totally done that. I have totally done that. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, they, and they let you know like two days before. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. They're doing the finals on Friday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, by the way, do you happen to know? I, I was planning on sleeping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you don't want me to be falling asleep in the I ceremony. Do know, I do oh, I have a funny ceremony story. Oh, I just good. Want to add. All right, it let's has hear something it. to do with technology. Um, it's terrible. I waited for iPhone to come out on Sprint, and I finally had it. And like, I had a message, and I'm like waiting in a ceremony. Just somebody walked down the aisle, and uh, I don't know how to like manipulate the voicemail and I accidentally turned the voicemail on it was on speakerphone in the oh, middle of somebody's no. ceremony oh my god and it was this woman Gail I think her name and she had the most annoying nasally voice hi Molly <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> during the ceremony yeah and like I like freaked out I quickly shut it off and like people kind of noticed but like they still paid me they didn't complain they didn't yell at me really like, I, I was amazed. I was like mortified, mortified. I said, "Oh my wow. god, I'm so, I felt terrible." Well, but, you remember the gig I talked about last week that ended up with me and the and the super giant Argentinian men at three yes. o'clock in the morning. Yes. So how that gig began is I was playing at the Rockwood Blech Jewish Center. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know the one. Uh, I was playing the wedding ceremony, and the 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 parking valets were on shortwave radios or something so that came through my amp somehow the bride is walking down the aisle you know put the ferrari in lane three you know and and everyone turns turns around around and looks looks at at you that happens to me too yeah and i have my hands up in the air what am i gonna do they they all know to look at us i mean that happened (laughs) as a dj with a wireless mic it was the police radio and like you know they yeah everybody turns around it's like and then you just throw yeah. your hands. It's, it's like shortwave or something. I don't know. But well, yeah. they ch- they change the bandwidth, and then the right. police only have this bandwidth. Right. And remember, but why there was it a came thing... in through my amp, I have no idea. No, right. And but I'm just saying, it's, it's it can happen, you know. And yeah, it's it's mortifying. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's not my fault. So I, you know, that gig did not begin well, and it did not end well. Oh, right, because it was that gig. Yeah, it was oh, that gig. Were, you're lucky that you made it home alive. God. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's a good place to leave it. (laughs) So, I'm Willa. I'm Marla. And we want to say, may your gigs be close to home. And may your GPS never falter. That's right. And until next week, we are The The Gig Gig Hose. Thanks for listening. The Gig Hose podcast is produced and recorded by Marla Joe and Willa Basson, also known as The Gig Hose. Thanks to Doodle for the opening voiceover.